Part three, chapter twenty four of a vital question or what is to be done by Nikolai Chernyshevsky, translated by Nathan Haskell Dole, eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five, and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part three, marriage and second love, chapter twenty four. Slowly, unobservably this discovery began to evolve itself in her mind all the time there accumulated small almost undistinguishable impressions made by kirsdnof's words and actions to which no one else would have given any heed which she herself scarcely noticed for they were only supposed and suspected slowly this question why did he avoid them almost three years began to interest her mind slowly the idea was confirmed that such a man could not have stayed away from any petty grounds of self-conceit because he is absolutely free from it and moreover not knowing why she thought of this still more obscurely and slowly arose from the silent depths of her life into her consciousness the question why am i thinking about him what is he to me and here one time after dinner vira pavlovna was sitting in her room sewing and thinking and she was thinking very calmly and she was not thinking at all of him but of something quite different connected with her household and about the shop and about her teaching and gradually gradually her thoughts were drawn to the matter concerning which without being conscious of it her thoughts were more and more often drawn there came up recollections little questions began to present themselves they multiplied and here they are in thousands finding place in her thoughts and still they grow and grow and they go to form one question the form of which becomes clearer and clearer what has got into me what am i thinking about what am i feeling and vira pavlovna's fingers forget to sew and the sewing slips from her drooping hands and vira pavlovna grew a shade paler then she blushed she grew still paler then the fire touched her flushed cheeks the next moment they were white as snow and with wandering eyes she ran in to her husband sat herself on his knees tremblingly threw her arms around his neck laid her hand on his shoulder so that it might support her head and hide her face and with choking voice she said my dear i love him and she began to weep what of that my dear why should you feel disturbed about it i do not want to offend you my dear i want to love you try look here if you can it will be well be calm give time a chance and you will see what you can do and what you cannot do you are so dear to me how then can you offend me he smoothed her hair kissed her head pressed her hand she could not for a long time cease her convulsive weeping but gradually she became calm but he who had for a long time expected such a confession was therefore able to take it coolly however even yet she could not bear to look at his face i do not want to see him i shall tell him to cease coming to see us said vira pavlovna you must act my love in the way which you find will give you the greatest happiness and when you have become calmer we will talk the matter over for you and i no matter what may happen between us will always be friends won't we give me your hand press mine you see how warmly you press it every one of these phrases were spoken at long intervals and the intervals were filled by his smoothing her hair fondling her as a brother fondles a grieved sister do you remember my dear what you told me when we became engaged you are leading me into freedom again silence and caresses do 
you remember how you and I talked the first time about what it means to love a person? It means to feel gladness at whatever is good for that person, to feel pleasure in doing whatever may be to his advantage. Again silence and caresses. Whatever is for your best good gives me joy also, but you must decide what is best for you. Why should you be grieved? If it brings you no misfortune, what misfortune can it bring me? In these laconic words, which were repeated a good many times, with the ordinary insignificant variations of repetition, passed considerable time, which was equally trying for Lopukhov and Vera Pavlovna. But while gradually getting calmer, Vera Pavlovna began at last to breathe more freely. She embraced her husband tightly, and she kept repeating, I want to love thee, my dear, thee alone. I want to love no one else besides thee. He did not tell her that this was beyond her power. It was necessary to let the time pass until her strength could be restored by calmness, giving her some sort of decision, no matter what. Lopukhov succeeded in writing a note for Masha to give Kirsanov in case he should come. Alexander, don't come in just now, and don't come for some time. There is no particular reason, and there will be no particular reason. It is only necessary for her to rest it is necessary for her to rest there is no particular reason a strange juxtaposition of contraries kirsanov read over the note and told masha that he only came to get it and that he had no time now to stop in that he had another place to go to that he would stop on his way back after he had done the errand which the note demanded the evening passed peacefully according to all appearances half the time vera pavlovna sat quietly by herself in her room without letting her husband stay. The other half of the time he sat near her, trying to calm her with the same laconic words, and of course not so much by his words as by his voice, which was steady and reassuring. Of course not with God knows what happiness, and of course also not melancholy, except that there was an undertone of melancholy in it which was shown in his face. Vera Pavlovna, after hearing such sounds and looking at such an expression of face, began to think, not absolutely but to a degree so not to a degree but almost absolutely that her fears had been overestimated that she had mistaken for a great passion a mere imagination which would vanish in a few days without leaving any trace or she thought she did not think it only she felt that it was not so no this is not so no it is so or she firmly thinks that she thinks so and she really thinks that it is so and how can she help thinking so while she listens to this calm steady voice which keeps repeating that there is nothing to be worried about peacefully she fell asleep under the influence of this voice she slept soundly and she did not dream of the visitor and she woke up late and after she woke up she felt renewed strength end of part three chapter twenty four recording by expatriate in bangor maine